If you'd open your Bibles to Micah 3 tonight, we're going to be looking at the third chapter. This is what the third chapter said. And I said, and I said, here now, heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know justice, you who hate good and love evil, who tear off their skin from them and their flesh from their bones, who eat the flesh of my people, you strip off their skin from them, break their bones, and chop them up as for the pot and as meat in a kettle. Then they will cry out, to the Lord, but he will not answer them. Instead, he will hide his face from them at that time because they've practiced evil deeds. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray. When they have something to bite with their teeth, they cry peace. But against him who puts nothing in their mouths, they declare holy war. Therefore, it will be night for you without vision and darkness for you without divination. The sun will go down on the prophets, and the day will become dark over them. The seers will be ashamed, and the diviners will be embarrassed. Indeed, they will all cover their mouths, because there is no answer from God. On the other hand, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and courage, to make known to Jacob his rebellious act, even to Israel his sin. Now hear this, heads of the house of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, who abhor justice and twist everything that is straight who builds Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with violent injustice. Her leaders pronounce judgment for a bribe, her priests instruct for a price, and her prophets divine for money. Yet they lean on the Lord, saying, Is not the Lord in our midst? Calamity will not come upon us. Therefore, on account of you, Zion, will be plowed as a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the temple will become high places of a forest." Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word and your people who have come out tonight to partake of it. We pray that you would use this passage of scripture tonight to speak to us individually, to speak to us as a nation, as a city, as a state, as a nation. And we pray that your spirit would do that work in Jesus' name. Amen. In the heart of Washington, D.C. is the Washington National Cathedral. It is an impressive building of Gothic architecture. Construction began in September of 1907. It was totally completed in September of 1990. It's a church that can seat about 4,000 people. It has over 200 stained glass windows. It has been the place of many funerals of presidents. It's been the place of many memorial services for famous people and a place of presidential prayer services. Famous people and powerful people often attend those services. Tours are actually given of this church because it's so impressive. Now I want you to envision for a moment that into this heady world comes a country boy named Micah. He's not a powerful elite person who knows these people. He doesn't associate with these people. He's just a humble prophet of God. He's not polished. He's not professional. Just a country prophet. Now, he makes his way into that national cathedral, and there's a big gathering of all of the high politicians and powerful religious leaders, and the religious leaders have on their religious regalia their robes and their hats, and the politicians are all wearing their impressive suits, and in walks Micah. And he walks to the front of this place, and he says to these religious political leaders, I have a message for you from God. If you do not change your ways right now, God is going to destroy you. That is exactly what happens here. 
fact, I want you to notice how the chapter begins. It begins with, and I said. So it's talking about Micah saying something. And what Micah does here is he warns political and religious leaders that if they do not lead the people in the right, true ways of the Lord, God is going to ruin them and destroy them. He literally is going to target them and he's going to destroy them. Now, Leslie Allen, in his commentary, said what Micah is doing here is he's singling out government and denouncing it. He's targeting political and, as you'll see, religious leadership. He's holding them responsible for leading the people away from the true ways of the Lord. These were powerful, perverted politicians and prophets and pastors, and they were leading the people away from the word of God. And if one is in a political or religious position of authority, one had better think very seriously about the responsibility that they have because God's going to hold them accountable for the direction they led the people. The fact of the matter is God has let these leaders be where they are. And they have great responsibility and great accountability when it comes to the Lord. Two times you'll observe from verse 1, and I said here now, and then down there again, now hear this. So two times in this context, Micah says to the leaders, you better listen to this. You better hear what I have to say. You better not just hear audible noise here. You better take it seriously, what I'm saying to you. And the verb here, shema, means you better listen to this and understand it. You better respond to it, because this is serious business. So when he says here, now he means right now, right now. You need to realize God's taking an analysis of you right now, and you need to be listening to what I have to say. This is not something leaders need to just say, well, that's food for thought. We'll just think it over. This is something Micah says, you need to respond to this right now. You need to take this seriously right here, right now. Our nation, ladies and gentlemen, is just becoming filled with the bizarre and it's moving in a direction that is, quite honestly, evil and corrupt. And what Micah would say is God's going to hold the leadership responsible and accountable for the direction of the nation. Now, the fact of the matter is we all influence somebody. And we should be trying to influence people in the right, true ways of the Lord. Woe to us if we're not doing that. If we're moving people away from God and we're not telling them the truth of God and we're leading them in ways that are corrupt, before the Lord, then we are going to be accountable because God wants us leading people, pointing them in the right ways of the Lord. So there are three warnings that he gives in this chapter that we want to take a look at tonight. The first warning is the warning against the political leaders there in verses 1 to 4. In verse 1, we see that Micah aims this warning at the heads of Jacob and the rulers of the house of Israel. So we specifically know who he aims this first part of the chapter at. It's the heads of Jacob, the rulers of Israel. The word heads is the word that has in view those that are political leaders who have judicial power. And the word rulers, katsin, is a word that refers to those who have military power. The noun rulers is very, very rare. It's only used 12 times in the Old Testament. So what Micah is doing here is he's aiming this at political leaders who have a lot of power. They have a lot of power in the judiciary. They have a lot of power over the military. I mean, these are powerful people that he's talking about here. These are heads of the nation Israel. This would be kind of like our president who has similar power in our time for a period of time when he is the head chief, as it were, over the military and also over the judiciary. Now, the problem with this leadership that Mike is addressing is it was totally corrupt and they weren't looking out for the people. They weren't interested in the needs of the people. They were looking out for themselves. So what Micah does here is he describes three evil actions that these political leaders were in. 
The first evil action is they were not promoting justice. Verse 1 says, Hear now, heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know justice? The question is kind of a rhetorical question, and the answer to the question is, yes, that's what leaders are supposed to do. Political leaders have a responsibility to do what's just. Leaders should know what's right and wrong. People who are leading a nation should know what's right. They should know what's just. That's what leaders are supposed to do. And Micah's hitting that straight up head on. He's basically saying, isn't that the job of a leader? Of course that's the job of a leader. That's their governmental responsibility. That's not just Old Testament stuff. Paul says the same thing in Romans chapter 13 when he says that government has a responsibility to honor those that do good and punish those who do evil. I mean, government has a responsibility to know what's just and right. And in the Hebrew text, the noun justice means that which is just and lawful in making forensic decisions. It is the responsibility of the government officials to do what is just and right in connection with the word of God. These leaders were supposed to be doing that. They were supposed to be helping people. When it came time for decisions to be made, they were supposed to make decisions based on what is just, that would honor the Lord, and they were not to get involved in, as it were, thwarting justice. And that's what these guys were doing. And J. Vernon McGee said the reason why he thinks they're doing it is because if you're in sin, you obviously are just going to overlook stuff. You aren't going to call it straight. You're going to try to explain it away. J. Vernon McGee told a story of his own life in California. His mother was killed by a drunk driver in Pasadena, California. And Dr. McGee said, I had to go to court. And he said, when I had to make my statement about this drunk driver who had killed my mother, he said, I basically said, I hope justice will be done. He said, they let him off light. There was no justice. And Dr. McGee said, the reason I always thought that they let that guy off light who killed my mom through drunk driving is the fact that the judge was more than a teetotaler. He was interested every night in going to the bar and tipping a few and having a few too many. So he said, when you get somebody in a position of power and they are used to just downing glass after glass of alcohol, then they don't see the alcoholic who goes out there and kills somebody as being so bad. They don't see it right. They don't see it justly through eyes that are right and legitimate. And he said, I think that's what was happening here, that same kind of thing. These people were making decisions, but they were making right decisions. They were making just decisions. I mean, it's not fair for a guy who says he's a woman to compete in women's sports. Do you think that's fair? Any person with a logical brain would say that isn't right to have a guy who says he's a woman compete in sports. But you see, if you're a government official and you're not really concerned about justice, you can start promoting things that aren't even right or true. And that is exactly what was happening here. These guys were using their power to actually promote things that weren't just. So Micah says, you're not promoting justice. God's going to target you because you're not promoting justice. The second action is they hate good and they love evil. That's what he says in verse 2. You hate good and love evil. What a transformation. I can't imagine anybody running for an office on an agenda. I hate good and love evil. In fact, most people who run for these offices promote just the opposite idea. They promote the idea, I'm good and I like good and I want what's good for the people and I want what's good for the country. 
And most people promote the idea that they love good. In fact, most people, when they do something that would be bad, they don't love that. If they love what's good and then they do something that isn't good, they really kind of get angry with themselves and they hate themselves. Not these guys. These guys in positions of power had actually had such a transformation that they were loving evil when they're in office. They've gone from loving good to loving evil. These were political leaders of a nation of God, and Micah says, you are missing the point here. You actually have got to the point where you hate what's good and you love what's evil. That's the description of leadership of the nation Israel. They hated what was good, and they loved what was evil and perverse. They had no heart for God's word. They didn't want to hear from Micah, who is this country prophet guy who's coming in there telling them that they aren't doing what's right. And these are the guys who are in leadership. They shouldn't even be in leadership. If you love evil and you hate good, you shouldn't even be in leadership. You should step out of it. And you have to ask yourself, how do you get to this point? Because I'm sure when they initially went into being a leader, they didn't love evil and hate good. They probably loved good and hated evil. How do you get to this point? Well, I don't know, and I hope I never know, really, but the fact is they just started rejecting the Word of God. I mean, that obviously is true here. They just probably took the Word of God case, hurrah, hurrah, food for thought. They never took it seriously, and it reached a point where they actually hated good, loved evil. The third evil action is they mistreated God's people. He uses some pretty graphic language there in verses 2 to 3 to describe exactly what these leaders were doing. And basically what they were doing is they were actually using their power to get new appetites to take everything away from people. That's what they were doing. These political leaders have become so self-centered that they viewed the people as just being nothing more than profitable for them. They viewed them as existing to profit them. Instead of them helping the people, they wanted the people to just be used to profit them. And what we read here is a mistreatment that's savage. I mean, these guys were the leaders of the nation, and they didn't care how they oppressed people. They didn't care how they hurt the people. They were targeting people. They were killing people. They were so self-centered. They took everything away from these people. That's the language they use here. They stripped them of everything because they were getting more. They acted like cannibals, taking everything they could from the people. I mean, these guys in positions of power were hurting God's people. And Micah says, you're about to pay. You're about to pay. God has put up with you long enough, you're about to pay for this. And we know in the great tribulation that is going to happen. The Antichrist and the false prophet will work as a powerful team. They're going to target God's people and kill them for their rejection. And Micah says there's going to come a moment, if you've used your power politically and religiously to do things that are negative for the people, God's going to bring that all back on you. And in verse 4, He says, then they will cry out to the Lord. He'll not answer them. Instead, he'll hide his face from them at that time because they practiced evil deeds. God says, I will sovereignly make things so bad for you. You will cry out to me and you'll want me to help you and I won't do it. I'll hide my face from you. I'll tell you what, most people, even powerful political people have religious moments. 
And usually they have those moments when they get in trouble. Some type of religious experience. Well, what this text says is if you practice evil long enough, if you've been involved in corruption long enough, you can get to the point where you have one of those religious moments and you cry out to God and I won't listen. I don't care if you beg me. That's what God's saying here. In other words, these guys had so used their power against the people and not helping the people, not doing what was right or just, they had so used their power against those people that God said, I won't even listen to you if you pray to me. Now, that isn't that he wouldn't hear their audible prayer because he's omnipresent and he's omniscient, so he's everywhere present. He obviously knows everything. He knows they're praying, but he said, I'm not going to answer it. Now, political leaders, in my view, had better think very seriously about this passage. Because if you're in a position of power, you better use your power wisely. In fact, any person who's in power should think about this seriously. We have a responsibility to the people to whom we are accountable. And we had better see to it that we're doing what's just and right. We don't want to color justice. We don't want to color what's right. We better seek what's good. We better not mistreat people. Because God says, I'm monitoring you. I'm monitoring the power that I've given to you. And if you start mistreating people with the power that I've given to you, I'll hold you highly accountable. So there's the message Micah gives to the political world. But then he doesn't stop there. In verses 5 to 8, he gives warnings against the religious world. You'll notice verse 5, Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets that lead my people astray. I actually hate religion that's not after truth. I love the people that are after truth, but I don't like religion that isn't after truth. Religion makes me sick. In fact, God detests religion that is not after truth. He wants religion that's after truth. There are places that charge seminaries, schools, that charge thousands and thousands of dollars a year, $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 a year, that offer courses of anything but the Bible. They're not after truth. They're after money. They're after producing these people that don't even know the truth. And there are, in every dispensation, prophets for hire. What I mean by that is there are in every dispensation religious people that will get up in front of people and tickle your ears with messages that you want to hear. Micah saw those guys. God saw those guys. And so Micah decided to address those prophets. And he's aiming this at contemporary religious leaders who were right there at the time he was there. And he says to them, I want you to know, thus says the Lord. you. Thus says the Lord. This isn't my word to you, Micah says. I'm coming in here and I'm sharing with you what God wants you to understand. What you are specifically doing, according to verse 5, is you're leading God's people astray. Don't miss this. That's what false people do. They lead people away from the truth of God. They don't lead them into a careful understanding of the truth of God. False teachers lead people away from the truth of God. These guys were responsible for leading the political leaders and the people away from God. These were the preachers. And what they were specifically proclaiming was not true. They were misteaching the people and they were misleading the people. They were changing their message to fit their audience. 
And he describes what they were doing. First of all, they preached to the people who gave them good support. They gave them positive peace message. Look at verse 5. When they have something to bite with their teeth, they cry peace. False ministers always have a lying, happy, uplifting message for the right people. They would go into a setting, tell people what they want to hear. They made their living by telling people good religious messages. Their preaching back in that day was not designed to communicate the truth of God. They were teaching for a paycheck. And quite honestly, they were getting rich through their false religious teaching that was leading people astray. They were telling the good supporters. I mean, that's what's described here. The people that were giving them something to eat, the people that were supporting them, they were telling the good supporters, you're at peace with God. You're blessed of God. Warren Wearsby said, Few men are as pitiable as those who claim to have a call from God, yet tailor their sermons to please others. Their first rule, don't rock the boat. Their second rule, give people what they want to hear. That's exactly what these guys were doing. They were basically telling people what they wanted to hear. That's what they would tell the crowd supporting them. But then they would tell the people that weren't supporting them, they'd give them a negative message. You'll notice what they were telling them in verse 5, but against him who puts nothing in their mouths, they declare holy war. So if you were supporting them, they were out there telling you, you're going to be blessed of God, you're going to be at peace with God, you've got all the blessings of God. But if they weren't supporting them, they're warning them that they weren't supporting them, and they're basically saying, you need to understand this, you're not at peace with God, you're in war with God, just because you aren't supporting us with your funds. I actually heard a guy do this years ago on TV. He said, if people want the blessings of God, they need to send him money. And if they didn't, they wouldn't get the blessings of God. And what's very clear about these fraud ministers is they're topical preachers. They're not Bible expositors. They're not preaching a book here like Micah is laying out here. I mean, these guys are tailoring topical messages to the audience based on what the audience would give them. So if they were preaching to a rich crowd, they'd tell the rich what they want to hear. And as a result of that, they'd walk away with a big paycheck. If they were in the poor people, they'd warn the poor people and they would scare them because it was all about them. So Micah begins with verse 6 with a therefore. Therefore, because that's the way you guys are acting and that's what you're doing. Let me tell you phony religious leaders what God's going to do. And there are six negative results that you will experience. Number one, you're never going to receive any message from God ever. Verse 6 says, therefore, it will be night for you without vision. I want you to understand this. It is possible for a religious leader to preach for years and never actually give the people a true message from God. It's possible for a religious leader to stand before crowds and share something, but God's real spirit is not in it. And that's what Micah says of these guys. Oh, you've got your religious clubs and you doing your preaching. God's not in it. He'll never be in it. Secondly, God will make your ministry dark without demonic divination. He says in verse 6, and darkness for you without divination. 
This is so interesting to me because what Micah is telling these guys is, you know, Satan and demons, they can only do what God permits them to do. God uses Satan and demons and false religions. I mean, there is an occult a real occult work in false religion that God does permit. What I understand God to be saying here is this won't even be due to the satanic world here. This will be my judgment of darkness. In other words, what God is telling them is without any type of satanic or demonic influence, I'll see to it that your whole world is dark. You're just going to grope in darkness for the rest of your days. The third negative result is the prophets will live their lives in total darkness. And he says, and darkness for you without divination, the sun will go down on the prophets and the day will become dark over them. He's basically saying, you need to understand this. You will never get any light from the word of God. People don't understand how serious it is to take the word of God lightly. I mean, God is basically saying here, I can make truth disappear from you. I can make truth so it lights up your soul. I can make truth come alive for you. But I can also take truth away from you so that it's dark, that you never understand truth. You never lead people into truth. And if God sovereignly makes a judgment like that, that the life is in total darkness, it's going to end in disaster. His fourth result is the religious leaders will end up being ashamed. Verse 7, the seers will be ashamed. Now, the seers, these were the guys who were always claiming we get visions from God, kind of like the Pentecostals. We get visions from the Lord. We get visions from God. They were telling people that. People believed them. They weren't serious about studying and understanding the scriptures, but they would tell people, I got a vision. I got a dream. And what God says is they'll end up ashamed. Yeah, they've been telling people that. They've been telling people their stories. They'll end up ashamed. He says, fifthly, the religious leaders will be embarrassed in verse 7, and the diviners will be embarrassed. Now, the diviners is a word that refers to false prophet who received, as it were, satanic type of messages. They sought knowledge through the spirit world. He said, all of these religious phonies who've been involved in a ministry that's contrary to the word of God, they'll end up ashamed and embarrassed. And then sixthly, they'll never hear from God. Verse 7, indeed, they will all cover their mouths because there's no answer from God. That's important to understand. It's possible to go to a place that they're calling a place of worship and you've got someone who's up there talking and sharing and you never hear truth from God. Because God doesn't let it happen. That's what Micah is telling these guys, that's what's going to happen. You guys have been these fraud ministers. You guys have been telling people you know what you're talking about when you don't know what you're talking about. You've been leading them away from truth, not into truth. So as a result of that, what God's going to do is he's going to shut you down. And then in verse 8 he says, but on the other hand, and that's strong in Hebrew. He says in verse 8, but on the other hand, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord, with justice and courage to make known to Jacob his rebellious act, even to Israel his sin. Micah says, I want you to understand something at this point. I am a true prophet of God. I'm not like you charlatans. I'm telling you the truth of God. I do have the power of God. I do have the spirit of God. And that spirit of God has produced in me a courage to go up against you guys. You guys are the most powerful people in this nation. 
You're the religious political leaders, and the Spirit of God has given me courage because I understand what's right and wrong. I understand justice. I understand righteousness. And I'm pointing out Jacob's rebellion, and I'm pointing out Israel's sin. In other words, Micah says, I'm proclaiming the truth. And no amount of money that you can give me will stop me from proclaiming the truth. So Micah says, you need to understand that. When I speak... God is in it. There's power in what the Spirit of God does. Micah said, I proclaim truth and righteousness. I proclaim what's just and what's right. I confront people with sin. When a text points it out, I point it out. I confront people with rebellion. I proclaim the word of God. I don't just water stuff down to make people feel good about themselves. Then he gets to the third warning. He gives the traits of both the political and religious leaders that are heading to the judgment. That's how he basically wraps this up in verses 9 to 11. Now hear this, heads of the house of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel who abhor justice and twist everything that's straight, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with violent injustice. Her leaders pronounce judgment for a bribe, her priests instruct for a price, and her prophets divine for money, yet they lean on the Lord, saying, Is not the Lord in our midst? Calamity will not come upon us. Micah says, I'm going to warn all of you leaders again. See, envision this. He's there going into these two capital cities, Jerusalem and Samaria. He goes into these two capital cities. He walks up to these political leaders, and he tells these political religious leaders, you better listen to what I have to say. Why should we listen to what you have to say? Because I'm telling you the truth of God. And what he does is he wraps this up by saying, I'm warning you, I'm warning you of the traits that you have. First of all, you hate justice. Hate justice. It is the responsibility of leadership, whether it is political or religious leadership, to promote what is just and right and true. That's the responsibility. These guys that were leading this nation got to the place where they hated what was true and just and right. They actually hated justice. The second trait is they twist everything. Verse 9 says you not only hate justice, but you twist everything that is straight. In other words, you don't deal with straight truth and facts. And does this sound like our world or what? He just twists things around. You're not even telling the truth. You're not presenting true facts. Thirdly, you sanction violence to promote your own causes. Verse 10, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with violent injustice. So what they were doing is they wanted to build the city and build palaces for themselves. So what they were doing in trying to stockpile all this stuff for themselves is they were sanctioning things that weren't right. They were sanctioning violence against people. They were promoting their own causes. Fourthly, these leaders take bribes for judgment. Verse 11 says her leaders pronounce judgment for a bribe. Verse 11, they were taking bribes. So if you knew the right people and you had the right amount of money, they would just sweep stuff under the carpet that should never have been swept under the carpet. They took bribes for this stuff. And then... The fifth trait is they tell people things for money. Verse 11, they 
divine for money. The priest instruct for a price. That's exactly what those ministers were doing. They weren't telling people the truth. They wouldn't go through a book like Micah. They don't want a book like Micah. They don't want to hear from Micah. They wanted to tell people positive, upbeat type of messages. God loves you just the way you are. You never have anything to worry about. Just go on and live your life and live it any old way you want. Never care about the word of God. Just know this. God's patience will put up with you forever. That's what they wanted to hear. They weren't concerned about communicating real truth. The sixth trait is they tell people they're really close to God. Oh boy, look at verse 11. They lean on the Lord saying, Is not the Lord in our midst? These are liars. You run into them all the time. I'm close to God. Yeah, I'm real close to God. Really? How serious are you about the word? You interested in applying it? Oh, don't talk a good game. Let's see where it's at when it comes to understanding and applying the scriptures. Because that's what these guys were doing. God's in our midst, boy. We know we're close to the Lord. And finally, these religious leaders told people, calamity will never hit you. That's what they said at the end of verse 11 there. Calamity will not come on us. We're the people of God. We're the prosperous people. We're the people who are at peace with the Lord. We never have to worry about bad things happening to us. We can just live life the way we've been living it. We don't have to make any adjustments in life. We never have to get serious about the Lord, never have to get serious about the Word of God. And God says through Micah, you need to understand this, verse 12, God's going to destroy you. That's where he takes this discussion. He says in verse 12, God's going to plow you under. He will plow you under as a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the temple will become high places for a forest. In other words, God is going to target you and destroy you, and he's going to destroy your city. He's going to destroy your places of worship. He's going to plow you under like a field. That's what Micah walked in and told those guys. He went through three different leaders, he went through the king, Jotham. He was preaching that to those guys. They didn't listen. He went through Ahatz, and he told the religious political leaders the same thing that we just saw tonight. They didn't listen. But then he went to Hezekiah. And Hezekiah listened. And verse 12 of this third chapter apparently hit Hezekiah in the heart. Because I want you to see it. Go over to Jeremiah 26. Jeremiah 26. This very verse, after Micah had laid out this case against the political and religious leaders, and he ends it by saying, this is what God's going to do to you. He's going to target you. He's going to plow you under. That verse, when Micah was still preaching that, preaching the same thing that he had been telling those other kings and the people, it's coming. We read in Jeremiah 26, 18, Micah of Moresheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and he spoke to all the people of Judah, saying, thus the Lord of hosts has said, Zion will be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem will become ruins. And the mountain of the house as the high places of a forest. Did Hezekiah, king of Judah, and all Judah put him to death? 
Did he not fear the Lord and entreat the favor of the Lord? And the Lord changed his mind. What an impact Micah had. He wouldn't stop firing truth. He fired through three different kings. The first two kings didn't care what he was saying at all. But man, when Hezekiah heard the warning that he gave in Micah chapter 3, and he came down through that list of things that he ascribed to the political leaders and the religious leaders, and then he says, you need to understand this on account of that, because you guys have led the nation this way, God's going to destroy you. Hezekiah, that hit him right in the heart. He said, we're going to change right now, right now. And he did. And God, as it were, delayed his judgment. I don't know what's going to happen in the next years to this country. If we're not raptured, which I think we could be raptured very soon, if we're not raptured, I just don't know where this is all going to go. But perhaps, perhaps, we have some political leaders who will come along, like maybe a governor of the state of Michigan or a President of the United States, who will actually say, I'm going to take God's word seriously. I'm going to use the power that has been given to me to turn the people back to God. I hope we're alive to see it. Because if a governor of a state or a president of the United States would use their power to turn the nation back to God, God will bless them. That's what Micah proclaimed in Micah chapter 3. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for what you've done, Lord, in Israel's history. And actually, we know tonight, just by virtue of the fact that that temple is not standing anymore, we know that judgment ultimately did come. But at least for a while, when Hezekiah was king, he made right decisions and you delayed it. And we thank you for that. And we would pray that for our country, Lord. Please turn the minds of our leaders that they would see the importance of doing what's right in your sight and turning this nation to you and to your precious word. Turn the minds of religious people that they're not loving religion, but loving the truth of the scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen.